Thank you. Lord, you've given us so much in your word. Help us to live out your word of God in Jesus' name. Help us, God. Open our eyes to see what you've made us in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank you, David. I want to continue with this uh, message uh, titled, Ordained to Bring Divine Healing. I believe that every believer has been ordained by the Lord Jesus said, You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I ordained you. You don't have to go through a college. You don't have to have ministers gathered to ordain you. Ministers have gathered and ordained people, and they've gone out, and they couldn't walk with the Lord. The Lord couldn't walk with them. So it has nothing to do with human ordination. The ordination that comes from Christ is enough. If you have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you are truly ordained of God. If you have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that means if you speak in tongues, you don't need anything more. I know we've heard all kinds of things, but this is so important. I think uh, Philemon 1 verse 6 is such a key scripture. It says, your faith is made effective only by you acknowledging the good things that God has already placed in you. It's already there. It becomes effective. It becomes useful in your life as you begin to acknowledge what God is already giving to us. Remember what the Bible tells us in Second Peter chapter one, verse three, that God one three four, God has given us great, exceedingly great and precious promises. But these promises you have to work. He's giving us all things that pertain to life and godliness, life and godliness. So we take what is given to us, we acknowledge what is given to us, and we begin to act on it. John 14, verse 12, beginning from verse 12, is Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you know, I like to stop there. When Jesus uses the word, I say to you, you know what he's doing? I'm behind everything that I'm going to say to you right now. I'm the back, back of it. Everything that I'm about to say to I'm about to say to you, I will stand behind to confirm. And when he said, "I shortly," in other words, I'm not going to lie to you. This is the truth. I'm not lying to you. I assure you that what I'm going to say, I will be behind. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain forever. The Bible tells us here, I say to you, he who believes in me. How many of us are believers in the Lord Jesus here? You are a believer. Even if you became one today, you are a believer. Jesus said, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do because I go to my Father. The reason why he will do that is because I'm going to my Father. Is Jesus with his Father right now? Yes. Are you a believer? Yes. Will Jesus lie? No. He meant every word. You know, that scripture used to really bother me years ago. 
I bothered me real bad. I mean, some people, you know, eloquent people speak. That's okay. They can put scriptures together and really give you a good word. I like those words, but now I say, what about the works? You understand what I'm saying? When Jesus talks about his works, he's talking about signs and wonders, right? Some Christians don't even think about that. They don't even go there. They are satisfied to just be Christians. And you're not going to go anywhere with that kind of thinking. Not after you've read from the word that Jesus is saying, categorically, that you as a believer, you, because you believe in him, you will do signs. And not only that, greater signs. Now he's talking to the pastors alone, right? You're a believer. It's so easy to just brush that aside and not think about it. And just depend on just speaking the word. Now, when we talk about healing, it's not just healing, but miracles, all kinds of miracles. Financial miracles, healing of the family, healing of the heart, emotions, all of that. God wants to do this for us. Because he's gone to the Father. He's no longer here. You represent him. And you do the same works. Proof to the world he is still around. Proof to the world he is risen from the dead. He is still around. Because I go to my father. So you do greater works. Because I'm going to my father. I'm not going to be around. But we still need the proof for the world to know. That yes, I'm still alive. You can't deny it if you're there and you see somebody who is totally blind and God opens your eyes, even if you're a Muslim, you have a story to tell. You have a, even if you don't believe, you have a story to tell. And every time you see that man that was blind that now can see, it reminds you of him. You can't deny it. But then he says something, he says, verse 13, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You know what that word is? The word ask, whatever you ask, the word, the root word means, whatever you demand in my name. Whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. Now, in John 16, he was saying, you have not asked anything in my name. That's, that's prayer. Ask that you may receive. That's different from here. Because here he's talking about doing something. You know, doing the works. And he says, whatever you ask. But that's not the right word. What he was saying, whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. So that the Father will get the glory. So how do we do his works? We demand. We give the command. Last week I talked about giving the command. And Jesus did that a lot in his healing. And it's something that I'm still, you know, processing in my mind. Because I never saw Jesus praying a whole lot of prayers over somebody that was sick. He gave the command for the most part. He said, you do this or you rise up. Go home. Take up your bed. Stretch out your hand. Right? He gave the command. 
didn't hear like I hear. <laughs> he just spoke the word. And the people listened. And the word was the work was done. You remember the centurion who went to Jesus? He said, You don't need to come to my house. Speak the word, that's good enough for me. I know I recognize and I know who you are. Speak that word and the word will heal my servant. All you need to do is give the command. But on Sunday we shared here that the same spirit that was in God's son, right? God has deposited in our heart. He's still the same Holy Spirit. We have to give voice. Now you have to go all the way back to Genesis. Remember in Genesis, the three were present. Right? You know, the Bible says, God the Father was there. The earth was, you know, in confusion. No, it was a void. He says, darkness in the face of the deep. And then he says, the Spirit of God was moving in the face. So face the face of the deep. And then, God said, you got the Spirit, you got to have the Word. I think we should be speaking to our bodies a lot. Don't just wait for somebody to pray for you. Speak to the situation. Learn, you know, you know, when it comes to the gospel, I'll talk a lot. But there are things that I've learned not to say. I don't like repeating my problems around people. I process them in my mind. Then in my prayer time, I speak to them. Whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. When you speak the problems, you confirm the problems. You're speaking it, right? They'll resist. You got the Spirit of God in you, right? You meditate on it. You allow the Spirit, you know, to meditate. Your Spirit meditates on whatever... You move over what you're thinking, and then you're speaking it. And it remains. Sometimes it gets even stronger. You're feeling bad, bad, and then you say, it. I feel bad. Guess what? You feel worse. And somebody tells you you look terrible. Guess what? Instantly you feel terrible, especially after you've heard it from, another, from two people. The same day you feel really terrible. Even if you were not feeling terrible. Words are very powerful. Because we were created in His image. And the Spirit of God has come. You remember the Bible says in Isaiah, I will restore unto them a new language. Now that new language, the Holy Spirit in you, gave birth to this new language. Your words matter. So whatever you demand in His name, the Father will do it. Now, God spoke His word, but was, had no concern about what was going to happen. And how long it was going to take for, him, for it to happen. He spoke it and waited for it to happen. And then He went and inspected it. He says, it's good. It's good. We are created in His image. We need to be speaking. That's the first way to go. Now, I'm talking specifically about healing, and I went everywhere. But the same principle holds. You know, uh, years ago, 
Michael will tell you when Michael was here on Sunday. Uh, probably around 1984, 1985, I finally found, I, God taught me to a long period of time how to help people receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I got the knowledge and I was looking for a way to perform the experiment, you know. Uh, that God, does this really work? Let me try it. And I shared with the 70 year old woman that I prayed with uh, last Wednesday in the evening. Uh, the Chinese, a Chinese lady was my first. And i never forget it. Why? I was a little nervous. I'd never done anything like that before. You understand what I'm saying? So I, I boldly stood in the midst of uh, the people and everyone was looking. Will this work? Will this work? I had to try it. And I prayed with her and she received. Right after that, I had a lot of clients. People coming to me, they wanted to receive. My church people going out and telling people, if you need to receive the Holy Spirit, go talk to Good Luck. So they thought, they said to, to everywhere, that's Good Luck's ministry. He helps people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Even in my country, that's the way they treated me. They, they say he's from America. He doesn't know anything about demons and how to cast out demons. We cast out the demons, and then when they we're through with them, with these demon-possessed people, then we'll bring uh, them to good luck uh, for him to help them receive the Holy Spirit. I was offended by that because I knew I could do all of it, but <laughs> they didn't see it that way. Reason I'm telling these stories is then God started saying to me the same things that you do with regards to helping these people receive the Holy Spirit, that's what you should do about healing. Do it. I tell him, I don't understand it and I'm not going to try it. We argued for months. I'm, this is the truth. I, I just don't, I don't understand it. Occasionally, I tried it in one church. I was I was in a preacher, and God did healing. But the pastor told me go back to the the house and wait for me. So I didn't hear the testimonies. We only that he said a lot of people were healed. I didn't see it. I didn't know what happened. So in my mind, that was a, that was an outlier. I just don't understand those things. But then as I studied more, I found out it's the same thing. Just like I pray with the people to receive the Holy Spirit and feel nothing. Absolutely nothing. I tell them what to do and I, tell, I show them God is going to confirm it. The same thing with healing. I tell the people God is going to heal you today. And speak boldly. Like I know what I'm really doing. And then when I'm through, I pray and call the healings and God confirms it. This is strange here. Yeah, I don't like this thing anymore. I'm talking about the microphone. All we have to do is obey the word of the Lord. There are no superstars. Believe me. We just think there are. If you go out and you speak the same word with boldness and have no fear, guess what God will do? Exactly the same thing. The problem with mankind is they will immediately deify you and make you think you're something that you're not. It's the word that's doing it. Because Jesus had already given his promise. And I'm a believer, all I have to do is act on his word. And if it doesn't work, I go back and find out, Lord, what did, how did I miss it? What happened here? 
I'll go try again. Amen? And God will do it. So we give the word. It's so important that we give the word. Next thing I want to talk about is healing through the laying on of hands. Healing through the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands is a practice that started all the way in the Old Testament. In Genesis 48, you remember Jacob was going to pray for Joseph's sons, right? And Joseph had them before him, Manasseh and Ephraim, and he crossed his hand. Like that. Remember the story? And Joseph was trying to, don't do that, daddy. This is the oldest. Put it on Manasseh, not Ephraim. He, he was not, he couldn't see very well. He said, son, I know what I'm doing. This, this guy is going to be a leader. The leader over this. But notice, who taught Jacob to lay his hands? Where did he get that from? See? It was revelation from God. It's not ordinary. Even though you're human, when God has commanded you to lay your hands on people, there is some kind of spiritual transaction going on. It's not just laying on of hands. It's very important. So it's really important. Sometimes we see principles from the Word and we just follow an act without thinking about what's really happening here. This is something that God ordained. There is a spiritual transformation or transfer going on when you lay your hands on, on something. Because God, when He created Adam, you know, I'm sure He used His hands. We can see His hands. Right? But he formed him from the dust, right? And God said, Lay your hands. Now, let me show you some scripture. This laying on of hands is so important. And it, it, didn't, it started in the Old Testament, but then it went all the way to the New Testament. And it's usually when God is going to transfer a gift from one individual to another individual. Just pure humans. But when God commands it, guess what? It's very holy. Very, very holy. And so you just don't do it. You do it with knowledge. If you do it without understanding, then nothing really happens. And sometimes the reverse happens. You know, remember in First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, how they were taking the communion? And Paul says, because of this, some of you are sickly, some of you dying, some of you weak, because you are not really doing it the right way. They didn't understand what they were doing. If they did, they wouldn't be doing it the way they were doing it. But they reaped the negative benefit of what they were doing. So we do things with understanding. That this is what God has ordained from way back there. And when you do it with reverence and understanding, there is a spiritual transaction taking place at the time that you're doing it, especially if you're doing it using the name of Jesus. So it's, it's a great thing happening there. 
You know, last Sunday I shared about how, you know, when I came to the Lord, I was, you know, I had to deal with the demons that were in my life before I came to Christ. When they lay hands on me, I feel like electricity going through my body. The guy was feeling nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I've had people I've prayed for, they felt electricity, I felt absolutely nothing. Don't understand it. I've had people sweating while I was praying, laying hands on them because your hands are hot. But I don't feel like if my hands are hot. Because at that, time, at that point, there is a spiritual transaction going on that you and I cannot understand. But because God has ordained it, there is power transfer going on. And when we do it, we must do it with reverence. And with understanding, because that's when you can really release your faith. You know, you know something is taking place. You don't have to wait until you see them doing something and then say, well now, that's walking by sight. God is always doing something. Now look, in Numbers 27 verse 18, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua the son of Nun with you, a man in whom is the spirit and lay your hand on him notice something is it not unusual the guy already has the spirit right god said so so it's not just for the spirit to come into him right he already has the spirit let's read it again and the lord said to moses take joshua the son of Nun, with you a man in whom in whom is the spirit so God's spirit was already in him, but God is saying, lay your hands on him for some spiritual transfer from Moses to Joshua. Now look at Deuteronomy. I want to show you the result of that act. What happened after that? Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. It says, now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of what? Wisdom. Notice, not capital S. Right? Why? For Moses had laid his hands on him. Simple. The only reason he had the spirit of wisdom, he didn't have it before. The only reason now he had the spirit of wisdom on him, because Moses laid his hands on him. It is very important. So the children of Israel heeded him. They knew there was something different about this guy now. He was not just Moses' servant anymore. Something has happened to him. And they knew how it happened. Moses laid his hands. You see, when God shows us things in the scriptures, he's trying to tell you something. This is important. Moses laid his hands on him. So they listened to him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. So they were listening to Joshua. No longer the guy that you know, carried stuff and served Moses. He was going to be the next prophet. Just because hands were laid on him. I'm not sure if Moses understood what God was doing. He said, okay, I'll do it. And wisdom is transferred. 
Amen. And you know, Paul recognized that. Paul did the same thing in the New Testament. Right? He picked it up. Now you can see that in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. I didn't have that on. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. But also in Second Timothy 1, verse 6. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you how through the laying on of my hands. So Paul called the fellow, he says, ah, you need some gifts. And I'm going to give it to you right away. Who are you to do that? You know? It's got to come from God, right? But Paul said, I want you to stir up that gift. It's already there in you. Because I laid my hands on you. I purposely laid my hands on you. And if you read in First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 14... He talked about the, the gift that was given to Timothy because he was a young man. He needed help. And until they see the anointing in a young man, it will be hard for them to listen to this young fellow telling them what to do. But when you see there is something different in him and the gift is in, in operation, you respect the guy because you know he's not just him. There's God behind him. And I can't do, if he says it, I better obey because uh, it's not just him. He's the God that is behind him. But he still had to study to show himself approved. So they won't set him aside as a young man. But he says, yeah, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. In other words, the elders said, you need the gift, son. Come over here. We'll lay our hands on you. And Paul is saying, don't neglect that gift. It's already there. Now, if I call you and call our elders and say, well, we, you need the gift of wisdom. And I'm going to lay my hands on you to pray now and you're going to receive. You know what you think? What do you think? You, you think you're Paul or something? <laughs> you, want to, you want to bring Paul back again to the earth to do that? Now, Paul is gone. That can never be done. So why is it recorded in the scriptures then? Why is it recorded for us to just say, well, that was nice. I wish I lived when Paul was alive. Then I'll let him lay his hands on me. He's recorded there for us because we can still do it today. It's a practice all the way from the Old Testament. And God can still do it. If we do it with understanding, deliberate, with deliberate, with understanding, and with faith, Based on what God has said. And then after that, you're like Timothy, don't neglect the gift. Stay it up. Stay it up. Timothy was just like the rest of us. He says, just because you, Paul, laid your hands on me, now you think I have this gift of wisdom, right? Give me a break, Paul. That's not what Timothy said. That's me. <laughs> but Paul was reminding him, stay it up. He's there. Stay it up, that's when it's going to get stronger. Believe it first. If you don't believe it, you won't even do anything about the gift. But if you believe it, then you start staring it up. I'm going all over the place, but I'm really talking about healing. There's something with the laying on of hands that's past what you can see with your natural eyes, that you can see through the eyes of faith. If we act deliberately, out of faith, without fear, trusting that God cannot lie. 
the work, it will always work for us. Am I there yet? No. But I, I'm on my way. And I believe these things. And I act on them. Amen. I want to show you scriptures here so you can see something. You know, this is when God shows you something from the Word, okay? Sometimes we read scriptures and we read so fast, we don't understand what's really going on. That's where I like to really lock in and say, okay, that's how He was doing it. When God shows that to you, that's revelation. And if you act on that revelation, He'll confirm it. Just to let you know, I know you got it. That's what I believe the word means. God watches over his word. To confirm it. He watches over his word. He, the word is already there. That is watching. When, you got the, when you've gotten the revelation, what you're going to do with it? He's watching. You're going to sit around and wonder about it or act on it. If you act on it... It will work. And then it will grow. You know, I shared about praying with this uh, girl to receive the baptism. That was the first. There's been hundreds since after that time. Believe me, there's been. And it's not an issue. It's second issue. You can wake me up in the night and say there's somebody here to receive the Holy Spirit. And if they're really willing, they are not afraid, guess what? They will receive. Now, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Right? That's huge. Uh, that's bigger than healing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Many of us have prayed with people to receive the Holy Spirit. We don't even think about what's going on. This is God. He's bigger than healing. This is bigger than a miracle. And yet we do it all the time. And don't even think about it. See, the enemy doesn't want us to really meditate on that. Because if you meditate on that... Then you will say, well, if I can do that, then I can walk on water. No, <laughs> but these things are true. What God has given to us. I share this scripture with you here. Mark 8, verse 16 and 17. It says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirit with a word and healed all who were sick. Why did he do it this night? How many people did he heal? Everybody. Not one person. This was a deliberate act from the Lord. He was deliberate this evening when he healed everybody and cast out every demon. He tells us why. He says, in that particular evening, this was not just a, an ordinary healing service. This was a special healing service in the mind of the Lord who was doing the healing. Because he tells us that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So that particular evening, Jesus had healed before. But this particular evening, he was deliberate. He was fulfilling scripture about himself. So he was casting out demons, every demon. And he was healing everyone. He healed everyone. Regardless of what they had. Because this was a fulfillment of scripture. Right? The Bible tells you 
that he cast out the demons with his word, right? That's all you see about his action. Basically, he was healing the people, but how was he doing it? How was he healing the people? You know he cast out the demon with the word, right? But he doesn't tell you how he was healing the people. I like to know how he was healing the people on that, this particular day when he was so deliberate about fulfilling the scriptures about himself. Huh? I'm glad you asked. You want to know. <laughs> Luke 4 verse 40. It's the same thing. The same situation. He's talking about the same thing that happened. Now this is what Luke tells us. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And you can read, before this, he went into Simon's home, that Simon Peter healed the mom. You see the same thing here, he did that. And then the evening came, and then he started doing this. So we're talking about the same story. They brought them to him, and what did he do? He laid his hands on every one of them. So when he was fulfilling that scripture, guess how he was healing the people on that day? He was laying his hand on every single one of them to get them healed. So when we are, you know, enforcing what Jesus has already done and fulfilling the scripture that he gave to us, he who believes in me, right? The same works that I do. What should we do? We lay hands on every one of them, fulfilling the scripture that is already spoken of us deliberately, and God will work. That's what the word tells us. He healed, he laid his hands on them, and that's what we should do. Not just, okay, come, let's lay our hands on you because we saw pastor laying hands. Oh, that's what they do in the Pentecostal church, they lay hands on people. Have they laid their hands on you? No meaning. You know why you're laying your hands on. You don't understand what's going on, but there is spiritual transaction based on the word. And if you're standing by faith, and I'm not saying it just because of the one who is praying. It is for you who is receiving the healing as well. For you to know that this is what's going on. When they lay hands on me, whether you feel it cold or it's hot or you feel like you're shaking, it doesn't matter. Jesus said, lay hands on them. Right? There's going to be spiritual transaction if we believe. The Jews, they really understood this. And, and, and when, after they knew that this was the Messiah, they, they can't go to him. He said that they touch him or they want him to touch them. Right? Look at this story in Mark chapter 5 verse 23. Uh, Jairus was begging Jesus he says, and begged him earnestly saying my little daughter lies at the point of death she's about to die it's terrible sickness she's dying come and speak no lay your hands put that Messiah hand on this child and he had no doubt <laughs> the child will be healed she'll live no doubt in my mind. Just lay your hands. Notice, he didn't say lay your hands and pray, right? He just said lay your hands on this child. That's all I need you to do. 
I need you to touch this child with your hand. They know something that we don't know. Many times all they wanted to do was touch. And they felt they would get their healing. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There are no superstars. I really firmly believe in my mind there are no superstars. I know we see people big on stage. You have this great crowd of people. And many are healed. I also believe if you go and have a crowd like that, and you speak boldly without fear, guess what's going to happen? The same thing. I'm telling you the same thing. Now, T.L. Osborne, you hear me talk about him a lot. He's a hero for me. He was preaching, he said he was preaching in a place. Uh, in, this was in Nigeria he preached. I think if I recall correctly, it was a city called Enugu. He had preached there, and when he was there, he said the first time he, came, he went to that city to preach, his little boy was so sick in that city, he almost died. He was so sick. God was healing the people. His son was sick for some reason. And God helped him. The son got well. He was a little boy then. Then he went back to the place to preach. And his son was grown then. And he said, son, it's payback day for the devil. I want you to preach today and heal the sick. The son had watched the daddy do that stuff all the time. To him, no big deal. Okay, daddy, I'll preach. He picked his father's sermon and preached the same kind of sermon. And then he told them, it's time for you to be healed now. Lay your hands where you're hurting. If you couldn't see, see. They said, if you, were, if you came after the message, and after he had prayed, okay? And then he told you, uh, it would be hard to convince you that it was the son that preached and prayed. The same miracles. And to the, so the boy, oh, that's what we get if you preach just like that. <laughs> no big deal. He wasn't excited. He just, to him, he has seen so much of it. He was saying, that's what happens when you preach like my daddy preached. So I did that and look at the miracles. No big deal. Amen. Is the reason is we look at people around us and we feel, well, no, no, no. It didn't work here, it didn't work there, it didn't work here. And we got all these little doubts in our minds and it doesn't work. And I said on Sunday till we come to the unity of faith. So important. These are stories that I've read over and over and they stare. God. I wish I was still husband's son. I can say no. <laughs> Do the same miracles. That was those days as I was reading about those things. But Jesus is the same. He's as alive in you as he was in that young man. Today. No difference. I like to encourage us because this is a church that is going somewhere. And our people will be out doing these things. And helping the people, helping the people, not just giving them stuff, but also helping them the way Jesus did. Amen. Just come and lay your hands. Now, I'm going to stop with this scripture because of time. Mark, and next time I hope I can go to the, go into the anointing hall. I bragged on that on Sunday, but didn't do it today. <laughs> Mark 16, 17 and 18, 18, it says, And these signs will follow those who believe. 
In my name they shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. If, if you are a believer, you can cast out demons. Sometimes believers, Christians, cast out demons and then they make a ministry out of casting out demons. You understand what I'm saying? My ministry is the casting out of demons. It's deliverance ministry. Brother, that's what they tell me. I, know. I am in the deliverance ministry. What <laughs> about the other stuff, you know? And these signs will follow. These signs follow everyone who believes. Every one of us. No superstars in this time. That's the way my mind, that's my mindset. There are no superstars. If I can trust God and act on it, God will do the same thing. If He's called you, do the same thing. And I believe He's ordained us, every one of us, ordained by Him. You did not choose me, right? Jesus said, No one can come to me except the Heavenly Father draws him. You didn't come to Him on your own. It feels like it in the natural because that's what you saw, like your decision that the Father was the one that said, I want that one. I want to use that one. And He says, Teach them so that they can become the vessels that I can use. I mean, you don't have to be in the church for 30 years before you do your first miracle in the name of Jesus. You can start right away. Look for the opportunity to do it. These signs follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. How many of them will speak with new tongues? All believers. Yes, all believers. These signs follow them that believe. All believers should speak in tongues. If you're a believer, that's the way I look at it. If you're a believer, let's start speaking in tongues now. You're a believer. You believe in Jesus? Oh, yes. Well, let's speak in tongues. These signs follow us. You're not going to be proud. Ah, I can't speak in tongues. No, these are just signs that are supposed to follow you because you are a believer. There's no need to brag about it. It's just something that follows every believer. You are not special because you speak in tongues. It follows every believer. The same thing with casting out of demons. Don't make a ministry out of it. God uses you, let Him use it. And you can always do this anytime. Amen? They will speak with, with new tongues. They will take up serpents. Please don't go look for rattlesnakes. And if they drink any dead, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. Jesus was specific. How do they heal the sick? They lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. I like the word recover because Christians, are so, if they don't feel something instantly, they say, they hear and say the pastor wasn't anointed. And they go look for another anointed brother. Or the prayer didn't work. So we need another prayer that is more powerful than that prayer. This wasn't a powerful prayer. The sick will recover. I think uh, Deuteronomy, I mean uh, Exodus 23, 25, 26, God says, I will take sickness away from the midst of them. See, I stay on that scripture a lot. 
I stay on that almost every time. Almost every time. It's not every time. When I'm praying here or even while I'm driving, I'm constantly saying the scriptures, sickness is not a part of my life. And I keep saying it, cancer cannot kill me. I'm not sick. I, I, it's not, I don't have to get there. I just don't have to. I have to speak to yourself. Bless the Lord and all that is within me. Well, he was talking to himself. Right? And he says, tells his soul, don't forget the benefit. Please don't. I have to speak to myself if you want to follow scripture. See, God is a respecter of no one. If you don't meet, you can cry and weep. It's not going to work. And like I said, and I don't mean it you know, in a negative way, this is a personal race. We are not running a group race. It's a personal race. My faith, your faith. Mine may work with you, but for you sometime. But once you are grown, God expects you to use your own faith. That's why we're teaching the word, that we all come to the unity of faith. But that doesn't mean that God cannot work through us, especially when we come together in unity of faith. But we need to reject whatever Satan is putting in our lives. Say, no, even if you're feeling it, keep telling it, no, you have no right to be here. Let's talk about this matter. You, you really don't have a right to be here. And I'm not accepting you. I would die not accepting you. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, right? They said, even if we're going to die, we will not accept what you're saying. And that's what the enemy is tempting us with that. But a clear word for the children of God. Sickness. And you know, I know about people that have been in this. Even ministers that have preached. Healing. And God did a lot of healing through them. And then they died. And the enemy says, well, who do you think you are? He was a healing minister. And look, I don't care. I will still believe God's word. And if that's the way I'm going to go like him, that's okay. But I refuse to accept defeat. Even before I get there. I refuse. I just, I'm not going to accept it. I'm not just going to accept it. And then I stand on the word of God. The Bible says, whatever you commit to him, he is able to keep. These are just little nuggets from the word of God that we can live our life from. I'm not interested in being a great pastor. I want, my goal is to get to heaven, number one. I'm still reminding myself today. I want to get to heaven. That's primary in my mind. I want to see Jesus in peace. Not to be a great preacher. I want to see him and he's happy with me. But I want everyone that God has put in my life to also be there with me. Happy. But here on earth. We have done His work. I want to please Him. That's why I reminded myself all day today. That's very important to me. This other stuff, that's okay. But I want to please Him. But if I find the truth in His Word, I want to follow after it. I'm going to follow after it and want to enjoy it here before I get there. I don't want to get there and say, Son, I could have done this through you. But you wouldn't listen. You know the Bible says God is going to wipe away their tears. It's a lie when they tell you there's not going to be tears in heaven. 
If there is no tears in heaven, what tears will God wipe away? Right? My belief is when He's shown you all that you can be, you, after He's wiped away your tears, you forget all of it. You're happy. <laughs> but I don't want to cry a lot of tears. Amen? Don't want to cry a lot of tears. Please stand up with me. <laughs> Amen. Awake. Awake. Oh Zion, put on your beautiful garment. Put on your strength. Your strength. Isaiah 52. Put on your strength. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer... What? No longer come. No longer come. They are circumcised as Old Testament, but these are demonic forces. The Bible says they will put when you put on your strength and you put on your beautiful garment, they are not coming to you anymore. They used to, but they won't anymore. Let us put on our strength. Amen. Father, I thank you. I bless your people tonight in the name of Jesus. Let these words, Lord, that they've heard and they know is the truth. Because it's coming from your word, let it go into their spirit. Let it bring forth fruit for the increase of the kingdom of the living God. That lives will be touched, life change, lives changed made beautiful because Jesus is gone to be with the Father thank you Lord it's a testimony to your great name a testimony to the good work that you've done for us we thank you Lord in Jesus name Amen God bless you.